We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday. It is January 9th. It's 2020. We have four NBA games to talk about here on today's slate. Plus, we're going to talk about the four-game NFL divisional round games as well. So, we're going to cover a lot on the podcast here today. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie Pro 7. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? You know what? Life is good. Life has been easier since football regular season ended. I haven't been working 80-hour weeks, just normal person weeks, and life has been fantastic. And I've only had, like, one losing day. So, neato. Neato stuff. That's always good. It's never a bad thing. So, um, ready to jump into some hoops, talk some basketball. Like I said, we're going to talk basketball, then we're going to talk some football. Um, Let's get started here with the basketball slate. Cleveland at Detroit. 221 total. Detroit's favored by seven in this game. Uh, on the Cleveland side, Exum, Nance, and Porter are all outs. On the Detroit side, Blake, Jackson, Kennard, and Morris are all outs. Um, kind of know what's going to happen here as far as injury news unless something pops up. But let's start with Cleveland. What are we looking at here for the Cavs? So, like, it's a four-game slate. Some more guys are in play. But realistically, like, there's enough mispricings on this slate where – Pretty much all of Cleveland just doesn't really come into play. I mean, Thompson could put up a decent game. We just saw Love uh, put up a f- near 50-point game against them the last time they played just a few days ago. So Love is really the only guy that I'm actually looking at. He's priced about where he should be, maybe a little bit too cheap, but he's got enough upside where it's probably worth playing. Like looking at Sexton, probably not a guy that I'm going to end up going with. He's playing a boatload of minutes, but – most of the times, he's just not getting enough usage, like not doing enough in there, like taking a boatload of shots, but just not getting peripheral stats. So he's a guy that 
I'm probably crossing off my list with everyone in there. CD, not a guy I'm going with. Garland also playing a bunch of minutes, but just not really getting a whole bunch of the peripheral stats here. Knight, Henson, like just even with a few of the guys out here, I just don't see any of these guys taking down a slate. Everyone's priced probably a little bit higher than they need to be. And so the only person I really see being on a GBP winning lineup is Love, and I don't think a single guy here is cash viable outside of maybe Love if you just have a little bit of extra money. Yeah, like, you know, I was surprised, you know, for the second straight game, Brandon Knight played, you know, really decent minutes. Um, he would be like a large field tournament play, but it'd be on sites where he's still like underpriced. DraftKings, Fantasy Draft, uh, they priced him up. Um, you know, Osman, he's going to play a bunch of minutes, but I I'm with you. I think the only guy that I'm really looking at here is Kevin Love, um, but I, I could see playing some of these other guys um, just because, you know, they're pretty cheap here and, I don't hate him, uh, but I I just don't love him. You know, Tristan Thompson's fine. Um, you know, like I said, if you want to take a shot on Knight with um, Porter and Exum out, you know, Clarkson's gone. So, like, Knight could play, you know, a decent amount of minutes again. So, um, on the Detroit side of things, like, we just watched Andre Drummond uh, put up 61 fantasy points, so 20-20 against this team, um, what, two days ago? Uh, what do you like here for Detroit? I mean, there's another spot where everyone's kind of priced where they should be, except for the guys up there at the top. Like Drummond, absolutely in play. Would you, yeah, if you're right, we just saw him put up 60. Priced at 10 too. It's a little bit high, but he should get 50 here. He's got a decent shot at 60. There's not really a whole bunch of guys to pay up for on this slate, but there are there isn't a whole bunch of value. Like maybe some values opens up. He's a fine play, but I think the mid tier build is probably a better thing to go with on this slate. But outside of him, like Rose been playing high 20s, low 30s minutes, and just been crushing recently without Blake in there. Like, just put up 39, 43 before that. So, I think that he absolutely has the upside. He's not priced up high enough for what he's been doing. He's a guy that I think is very viable on the slate and one of the better plays here. Dimbuya, like, I know he just had a 40-point game, but he's priced at 5'8". Five, five, I think that's about where he should be at. Probably not going with him, like, Realistically, this is just Rose and Drummond here, and this game could turn into a little bit – it's the most likely, I think, to turn into a blowout on the slate here. I just – yeah, I, it's Drummond and it's Rose, and that's pretty much it for me. Like, this first game is not really full of too many guys to play. Yeah, Demboya, you know, he, he got a massive price increase here after being chalk in this spot um, two days ago and didn't really crush in it, so – I think a lot of us can jump off of him. I don't mind Bruce Brown Jr. Like, he he's fine. His price has just come up. Um, you know, for some reason, they don't want to give Christian Wood minutes. So, like, I don't really have a ton of interest in him. Tony Snell played 30 minutes the other night. I don't really ever want to play Tony Snell. So, yeah, for me, you know, Drummond on the high end. Don't mind Rose. Don't mind Bruce Brown. Um, I don't know if this game blows out just because – you know, both these teams are dealing with so many injuries that, you know, it's kind of like Drummond Rose versus Love, Thompson, yeah. Sexton. It's not terribly likely to blow up, but every other game's predict be close and there's a seven-point spread. So, like, I'm not saying that will blow up. I'm saying it's most likely to blow out, and there's already not a whole lot of interest in most of these guys anyways. Boston at Philly. Um, no total in this game. It's a back-to-back -back for Boston, so we don't have an injury report on these guys. Um, on the Philly side, Embiid is out. Diebel is probable. 
Let's start with Boston. It's a back-to-back. Obviously, we're going to have to wait to see if anybody gets ruled out. We're a first-look podcast. Um, what are you looking at here as far as Boston, if everybody plays? I mean, I'm looking at kind of everyone. I mean, I get it's a not an easy matchup. It's not a good defensive matchup. It's not going to be that high of a pace matchup here. But every single guy is priced under 7K here. Without Embiid in there, it just probably gives a little bit more of an uptick to Cantor, who I know just hasn't been playing a ton of minutes recently, but without Embiid there, like he could be in for a few more minutes and likely going to be a guy that is going to get a whole bunch of boards, a good amount of points. Like I like he's 5,400 here. Brown is 65, Kemba 65, Hayward 66, and Tatum 67. Price tags on all these guys, even with everyone playing, really don't make a whole lot of sense. I'm going to be mixing matching Boston players in virtually every single lineup. I don't have any interest in any of the bench guys. Like, Tice is fine at 4K if you need some value. Don't really see a massive amount of upside, and I could see this being more of a canter game just because they don't really have to worry about trying to defend and bead. Um, but realistically, yeah, like, there's there's just nothing that makes sense about the pricing on this other than it's a tough matchup. Like, am I missing something? Because none of these guys should be this cheap. Yeah, they're all cheap, and it's a four-game slate. I think Boston's going to be a team that a lot of people look at here. You know, Tatum, Hayward, Kimba got ejected, you know, um, really early in Wednesday's game, so he didn't even play, like, the whole second half. I know he got ejected in the third quarter, but it was early in the third quarter. So, like, you know, and if anybody sits, like, all these guys are so cheap that it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you mentioned, you know, Thais, who played 20 minutes. Like, he, even he's too cheap. Like, Cantor is really cheap. So, you know, as far as Boston – we kind of don't want anybody to get ruled out here um, just because these guys are already cheap enough that we don't necessarily need these guys to get ruled out because <laughs> it would put way too much chalk out there. Um, the Philly side, you know, obviously Simmons, Tobias, these guys get ni- nice bumps um, with Embiid off the floor. Josh Richardson's going to play a ton of minutes. He gets a little bit of a bump, but, you know, Kyle Gwynn's probably the guy that we're looking at here. Um, the sites did a great job pricing him up. Like he's only 4,100 on FanDuel. You know, you're using a center spot, you know, so you're, you're not playing Drummond. You're not playing Whiteside, You're not potentially playing Adams or Capella, but um, obviously that's a decision you're going to have to make, but the price is just so cheap that I'll probably end up playing him on FanDuel. Yeah. Yeah. Over on DK, like I don't really want to pay five point or 4.9 K for Kyle Quinn. Like, Mike Scott, potentially a 4K, like if you really need some value, is not a terrible idea. But, yeah, we're really just looking at the main starters here. Richardson, Horford, Harris, Simmons, like all these guys, all average over 40 points a game pretty much without Embiid in there. So those are the guys I'm really looking at. I mean, we're on court IQ, and every single one of them averages over 40 points per 36 here. It's not the greatest matchup in the world going up against Boston. But <laughs> – all these guys should play enough minutes. I think Harris is probably my favorite of the four here. Um, I think that he ends up putting up a whole lot more shots in this matchup because of me being out just that simple. Like I really like Harris got into foul trouble in the last game. Not really expecting that again. Simmons is fine, but Boston's shut him down a decent amount in the past here. So he, and the, and he's the most expensive by far. So, I got mostly looking at Harris, Horford, and Richardson, with Harris being my favorite, Richardson probably second, and then maybe take a shot on Mike Scott. Like, I don't want to have to deal with Chalk Kyle O'Quinn if he is going to be Chalk, which at this price tag, hopefully hopefully he will because I have no interest in him. Yeah, we'll have to kind of see. Um, 
I, I don't mind him. You know, I, I think that, you know, as long as he's starting, he'll be fine. Like, Boston's not a team that typically goes very big, too. So, like, Kyle Quinn might be, like, you know, bad chalk. So, we'll, we'll kind of have to see uh, what the starting lineup looks like and stuff. But Portland at Minnesota, no total in this one. Um, Collins, Hood, Labassier all out still for Portland. And Katz is questionable. That's why we don't have a total in this game. Um, let's start here with Portland going into Minnesota. What's standing out to you for Portland? I mean, Whiteside just continues to dominate. It's a fast-paced matchup. Cats obviously not great on defense, but they're not going to be good on defense for five regardless. Whiteside should have a heyday here. Lillard just keeps putting up big numbers. Like, it's the four main guys, really. I don't have any interest in playing Bazemore there. I don't really have any interest in playing Simmons. Yes, he's been getting a decent amount of run recently. He's 30, eh. Like, he's it's cheap. just, yeah, he's, yeah, that is cheap price tag. Really depends on like type of roster construction and if we get any news throughout the day. Yeah, I mean, who are we paying up for? We're paying up for Harden, Westbrook, Drummond. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much all you got, um, Lillard. But yeah, all these guys like are priced about where they should be. With Whiteside probably being the guy with offering you the most upside. So Anthony, McCollum, Lillard, really the only guys that I'm looking at in this spot. Maybe Simmons if you just need to save some money just because that is a really silly cheap price tag considering what he's done the last two games. But that's really – I mean, it's pretty it's pretty simple here. This slate's fairly cut and dry. Yeah, I, I, for what it's worth, I kind of hope they sit Harden and Westbrook, you know, goes back to OKC with no Harden. So. Oh, so we can play 100% Westbrook. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, as far as Portland goes, you know, you mentioned it. Lillard, probably my favorite play. Whiteside, if you want to pay up at center, he's perfectly fine here. Um, you know, this is a nice pace-up spot. You know, Minnesota plays at the fourth fastest pace. Portland plays at the 11th fastest pace. So, it's a nice pace-up spot here for Portland. You know, CJ McCollum and Carmelo Anthony, like, I, I don't typically play these two guys together very much. Um, you know, I feel like one of these guys usually – hits more than the other. It's just like, you know, they're, they're perfectly fine here in this pace up spot. So I don't mind um, playing either one of those guys. And then on the Minnesota side of things, like I don't think Carl Anthony Towns plays, um, you know, this knee injury, he's been out for a while now until we see like some positive news from him. Wiggins really disappointed the other night. Like, you know, he was a guy that just kind of stood in the corner the other night. It was really disappointing. Uh, what do you like here for Minnesota? Nothing really. Like, Dang is probably my favorite one. Should get a decent amount of one going up against Whiteside. But anything can happen. Like, he's the only guy that really offers that much upside. Wiggins just keeps not really doing a whole lot. I mean, we've had, what, one, two upside games with him since Cat's been out. And I guess his price tag's finally at a spot where if this game stays close. If I'm playing guys on the Portland side, then I'll probably play a little bit of Wiggins. Covington. His price tag probably offers the most amount of upside here at 5,700 just because of hey, he can get hot from behind the arc and he can get all sorts of ancillary stats. Covington's probably my favorite play. Followed by Dang, followed by Wiggins. And you can take a shot on Napier, Teague, Culver, any of these guys. They're not great plays, but they're not terrible plays. When you consider the entire slate in a vacuum, I don't think many of these guys end up making them a cut. Yeah, I think Culver and Covington are probably my two favorite plays here. I don't mind Napier or Teague. Um, you know, it's one of those slates where, like, raw points are going to kind of matter. So, you know, these guys, I think they're fine. 
Uh, the last game here, we got Houston at OKC. Houston's on a back-to-back, so we don't have a total in this one. Gallinari and Noel are already both rolled out for this game. Let's start here with Houston. Obviously, Westbrook coming off of a night of rest going into OKC. Like, he put up 50 fantasy points against this team already once this season. Like, I think we have to have a ton of interest in um, Westbrook here. 8.4, that's way too cheap of a price tag. Way too cheap. <laughs> and the last one was in Houston, wasn't it? I'm almost positive. Yeah, Heavy so – First game in OKC, Harden just, like, had to do everything on his own last night. So Westbrook should absolutely smash here. Um, if you need value like House, Eric Gordon, those guys are – P.J. Tucker are fine, but they don't stand out as great plays. Like Harden probably not paying that price tag on this slate where there's a lot of guys that are underpriced. Capella has a decent upside in this spot, but, like, really – Westbrook is just a lock and load here at 8,400. And it's silly to me that they priced him like this. Yeah, that the 2020 game for Capella um, on Wednesday was gorgeous. Like, it, it doesn't shock me with Westbrook off the floor. We see Capella's rebounds. You know, we always talk about Harden, but, like, Capella's just been absolutely crushing. So, I, I love Westbrook here. If you're not playing Westbrook, I don't mind Capella or Harden. Um, probably not going to end up on, like, Eric Gordon and Daniel House or any of these guys. Um, like, Daniel House got 37 minutes against Atlanta and did absolutely nothing. So, um, I have a lot of interest in the OKC side of this game. You know, Chris Paul, SGA, Adams, Schroeder. Um, all these guys are, are, are kind of interesting for me with the with the Gallinari injury and these guys being out. Um, what's standing out to you for OKC? That's pretty much it. They're all going up against Houston. We have Chris Paul in a revenge game again. Um, I can't remember how he did in the last one, but he's been playing good basketball recently. SGA has been playing good. It's going up against Houston. It's going to be a fast-paced game here. Adams has been crushing recently without Noel there, without Gallinari in there. It was an uptick to them. Sure, should get more uses too. Like it's it's just a high-paced, high-scoring match. We currently don't have a total for the game at this moment. But I'm guessing it's going to be the highest total all night. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Now, I guess Portland, Minnesota is possible. But most likely this game, like, it's going to be a fun game to watch. And you know exactly where the production is coming from. It's coming from those four guys. They're the ones that I have interest in. None of them are probably priced up too much. It's kind of why Cleveland, Detroit, and um, Minnesota are just kind of cross-off teams to me on this slate because everyone else is mispriced in all these spots. So Chris Paul, SGA, Adams, Schroeder, Lock and load all of them. All right. So let's play the morning grind game for NBA, and then we'll jump over to NFL, talk some football here. Um, give me your favorite play under 5K to 7X. Gosh, I don't like this. Oh, gosh. It's tougher today. Yeah. I guess Simmons. All right. Um, and all the guys that I like are right above 5k <laughs> uh, give me Brandon Knight why not over 8k to go under 5x who you got Simmons again the other one it's yeah, Simons right Simons and Simmons isn't it Simons Anthony Simons uh-huh. That's how Simon spells his name. That's the only reason I think it's Simon's. <laughs> um, as far as busts for me, I'm going to go Harden. I think Westbrook has a big game. 
Favorite 6X play, who do you got? I'm going with uh, Westbrook. <laughs> got to, right? Like, yeah. You know, even if you don't believe in narratives? I, I, yeah, I absolutely do believe in narratives for certain people. And Westbrook's definitely a narrative guy. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go Jarrett Culver. Not a bad one. I like him a lot today at this price point. Um, let's see here. Your let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got? I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's anything weird today. Um, and I guess it would be Christian Wood, hoping that he ends up with a lot of minutes in this game. But like most of the guys here that are going to play are all decently obvious. Yeah, I feel like my get weird play is my five under five K, like Brandon Knight. Um, let's see here. Um, let's. I was trying to find somebody that is weird that I like, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what type of ownership. Bruce Brown will have, but give me Bruce Brown. Uh, game selection question. What's standing out to you here today? Um, something that you're playing on any site. I've been looking at football too much. Uh, pick and roll on fantasy draft. You and your rake free DFS, Grant. I do not like rake. I don't think a lot of people like rake. So. Um, I've talked about this tournament before. It's a really strong tournament. Um, if you're a mid-stakes player, the $50 three-entry max um, tournament over there on DraftKings, min, min cash is 2x, uh, pays 24% of the field. First place is only getting 12%. Really like this tournament. Um, it's really strong. You're going to play against some good players in this thing. So, you know, if you're good and you've been working on the lower stakes three entry max, like I've talked about before, um, really like the ankle breaker over there, the $50. It's only 113 people. So really like what they're doing over there and, you know, giving us different size, um, you know, tournaments to kind of play our three entry maxes. So I, I jump in this one when I have time to play three entries. Um, that one and there's the, I think it's a pick and pop, the $75 one. Um, I like that one as well. So check those out if you're playing three entry max and you're mid stakes player. Um, we don't have any over-unders, so we're just going to kind of skip over to football. There's only one of them. So, um, let's talk some, let's talk some football here. It's a four game slate. Um, like we said, it starts Saturday at four 30 and we get started here in Minnesota at San Francisco, uh, 44 and a half total here. San Francisco favored by seven in this game. Uh, what do you like here for the Vikings? I mean, there's really not a ton that I want to play on this team. I think Kyle Rudolph makes a decent GPP play on this slate. He's 3,400. There's some better tight ends to probably pay up for here. So I don't expect a ton of people to be on Kyle Rudolph, but he's always a guy with touchdown, two touchdown upside in any given matchup. Like Cousins is fine, but I don't really, I don't really expect a ton out of Minnesota. Although strangely enough, Minnesota has been one of the best teams over the last three years of covering on the road. So I, I actually think that Minnesota ends up winning this game, but it's probably just Cook for me and Rudolph. Like, Diggs and Thielen are both fine. Both of them can have big games. They 
Thielen got injured in the middle of the week here. Diggs is dealing with an illness. So at this point, we still don't know that much, even though the game's only three days away. But, like, it's just cooking it's Rudolph for me. Yeah, and, like, I wanted to play Thielen. Um, I talked about him a lot, you know, when we did the podcast last week, and he absolutely crushed um, in the New Orleans game. So, like, I really wanted to play Thielen. You know, you can always play Dalvin Cook. He's always a guy that has a ton of upside in any matchup. Um, he had 28 rushing attempts against New Orleans last week, 28. Um, so, they're going to feed him the rock, and, you know, all it takes is one big play, and he could easily crush. So, I don't mind Dalvin Cook. Like, we'll have to kind of monitor this Thielen news. Um, I don't love Diggs. Like, if Thielen sits, I love your Rudolph call. Um, if either one of them said, I love the Rudolph call. So, um, I think that would be very, very sneaky. And then on the San Francisco side of things here, you know, we've seen Minnesota really struggle with wide receivers throughout the season. And then even more so here recently, um, they've actually struggled a lot more with running backs down the stretch too. Is there anything standing out to you for the 49ers? I mean, Garoppolo's in play just because of his price tag going up against Minnesota here. I know that San Francisco will run first team, but I think there's a lot of different ways that this can, a game can go, and people are going to end up paying up at quarterback, so it's not the worst idea in the world to pay down. I think Garoppolo's one of the better guys. In the receiving game, Debo Samuels, I think, is in a good spot here. Minnesota struggles with tackling. He's only 5,200. He's been good recently. Obviously shows a whole bunch of upside. He's been putting up 10-plus points almost every single week for – a long time and getting into the 20 point range multiple times here. So this is a great spot for Debo Samuels and it's a great spot for Kittle. Like I know Minnesota hasn't really given up a ton of fantasy points to opposing tight ends, but they actually give up a decent amount of uh, targets to opposing tight ends here. I expect Kittle to just get huge volume in this spot here. Like everyone's going to play him and going to play Kelsey here. I think I prefer Kittle to Kelsey in this spot and 6,200. Like you can roll double, tight end and then the interesting thing is like people are going to go to monster like i expect him to be like a little bit or pretty chalky in the spot just because he's 5800 he's obviously been getting a decent amount of work but there's a lot of ways this game could go like taking a shot on coleman or brita like either one of them can end up with a touchdown in the spot they're 3500 3300 like Either one of them can end up with an uptick in volume just based on how Shanahan does things sometimes. So if you're looking for value on the slate, either one, like pay up at tight end instead of paying down at tight end, pay down at running back. Like either one of these guys can end up doing something. And like if you in real big tourneys, like you check 3,100, guy can catch a big pass in any given game. He has decent receiving upside. Not the worst idea in the world. Yeah, so I um, I like Emmanuel Sanders in this game. I think he's sneaky. I don't think a lot of people Pretty will play. Pretty much the only guy I didn't mention. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I think he's sneaky. I like your Debo call. George Kittle is obviously the best play from the 49ers in this game. One of the best plays on the entire slate. Um, so, obviously, you should have a ton of interest in George um, Kittle because – like he's such a high usage tight end. His target share is so high. It's 28% on the season, regular season anyway. So Kittle is obviously a really strong play. I just think Emmanuel Sanders is a guy that could potentially fly under the radar. And like, he's the veteran guy. Um, you know, the week off is going to be great for him. So I, I think that, you know, 
I think he flies under the radar. And, like, he played 98% of the snaps in week 17. He's healthy. He's ready to go. Um, week off, the veteran guy. I think Manny Sanders comes in with, like, eight to ten targets in this game. Unless San Francisco's dominating the game, and then I don't think it's going to matter. So, But Minnesota's going to win. Um, there you go. Tennessee at Baltimore. Um, 46 and a half total here. Baltimore favored by nine and a half. Um, potential weather here. We'll have to see what Kevin Roth has to say with this one. Let's start here with the Tennessee Titans. Um, it did not shock me that Tennessee Titans won last week, but I did not think it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I was leaning more towards the Patriots just strictly because it was in Foxborough. I didn't think Patriots make it past this round, but it didn't even make it to this round. Hooray. Pretty happy about it. Uh, but for the Titans, Derrick Henry, I know what he did in the playoffs last year. I saw something that was saying like, oh, they can shut him down. They shut him down last year. That was an entirely different situation. They couldn't get anything get done in the passing game. Mariota got sacked 11 times. Tannehill is much better. And this Baltimore defense is good. But what Derrick Henry is doing right now, and the volume that he's probably going to get in this spot too, is just ridiculous. Like he's just on a tear. I don't care how tough of a matchup it is. Play Derrick Henry. And then upside spot for A.J. Brown, like, he can have upside in any given game. I know I had one target last week. Two weeks ago he had two targets. But he can get the volume any given time here, even in a tough matchup. So it's A.J. Brown and it's Henry for me, and that's really it. Yeah, you know, Henry, A.J. Brown, um, John, Jonu Smith will be very low-owned here. Um, but I, I don't even hate potentially taking a shot on like a Deion Lewis is just a complete punt and play. Um, maybe this game, but I, honestly, Henry is just such a workhorse. AJ Brown, such a, a guy that's going to get a ton of targets here on the Baltimore side. Lamar Jackson um, is really good at football and uh, you know, he should obviously be considered one of the top plays on the slate, if not the top play on the slate. Um, but outside of him, like, I think this is a game that you could potentially look at Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown. Um, we'll have to see what the running back situation looks like. I know that, you know, Mark, Mark Ingram did not practice on Tuesday or Wednesday. So we'll have to kind of watch this as the week goes along uh, with this game being Saturday. Um, you know, so we'll have to kind of see how this plays out because if he sits like, you know, Gus Edwards is going to be massive chalk here. Yeah, yeah, I know it'll be interesting with the running back situation. Lamar is a fantastic play. Figuring out who to pair him with, if you even pair him with anyone, is kind of the tough scenario. But honestly, like Marquise Hollywood Brown, Brown is so cheap. Yeah, that price tag's ridiculous. But Sneed's got five touchdowns on the season. Um, I don't like playing Willie Sneed at all. But thirty eight hundred, like it's not the worst idea in the world to take a shot on him. Andrews is Mark Andrews. He could end up with two touchdowns. I don't really like playing him too much with Kittle and Kelsey on the slate. Just a few hundred more. Like, I'd much rather go with them. So, I don't know if Andrews ends up making the cut. Really, for me, it's like I'm taking – I'm playing Lamar Jackson and I'm pairing him up with some of these low-priced wide receivers, most likely Brown and Snead here. And then if you want to take a shot on Ingram, it's not the worst idea in the world to pair up Jackson and Ingram. People don't do that too often, but – Ingram has five receiving touchdowns on the season. Like, he, he's involved in receiving games. They're not mutually exclusive playing one or the other. Um, but that's if he ends up playing. If not, I guess Hill, both these guys are good plays just because of the volume that they're going to be getting. 
All right. Um, moving on here, we have Houston Texans at Kansas City Chiefs. 51 total. Kansas City favored by nine and a half in this one. Um, let's start here with the Houston side of things. What do you like here for the Texans? I mean, I feel like I should like more guys in this game. The game script goes out for it. Like, Hopkins is obviously Hopkins. If Fuller ends up playing, he shows some upside. Chiefs are very bad against opposing running backs, both Hyde and Duke Johnson. Like, either one of them can get him going off. Like, if this game stays close, Carlos Hyde could end up with 20 carries in the spot because they just love feeding him and not Duke Johnson. Like, Watson obviously shows some upside, but I'm really not in love with anyone. Like, I think one of the better plays in this game is going to be go with Darren Fells. Guy can get a decent amount of volume. Like, Watson kind of relies on him in certain situations where he's getting way too much pressure way too quickly. Like, Fells at 3,500, going to have almost no ownership here. Casey, not good versus the tight end. They give up huge volume to opposing tight ends here. Like, he's probably my favorite play from Houston, which is so weird to say considering everyone else that's on it. But I'm just not interested in any of these Houston guys. Is it sad that I kind of like Watson naked? Like, <laughs> you know, unless Will Fuller plays or something. Like, I, I don't mind Hopkins either. Like, Pair him with Fells. Yeah. Pair him with Fells if Aikens sits, I guess. Yeah, you could do that. Even if Aikens doesn't sit. This is going to be interesting to see, like, with Fuller and um, Stills both banged up. Like, man, it, it's just – Houston's one of those teams we're going to be waiting until like 1.30 on Sunday to decide what we actually want to finish, what we want to do, unless they get some news here as the week rolls along. Um, you know, the Kansas City side, you know, we, we've already, you know, kind of talked a lot about Travis Kelsey. Like, Houston allows the most fantasy points to quarterbacks, the second most to running backs, the second most to wide receivers, the fourth most to tight ends. Like, Kansas City should be the, the team that you're targeting the most on this slate. Yeah, yeah, I want Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, but I prefer Kittle. Damien Williams seems a little bit too low-priced. They want to give him the ball a lot. It's a good matchup. Mahomes, like, is a decent pivot off Lamar Jackson. Hardman makes a decent tournament play. Watkins, I am done with, but – Don't say it. Let's be honest. He's he's, like – the fact that I'm done with him, I have no interest in playing him, but – it's still Sammy Watkins is going to crush my soul. Oh, you know it's going to happen now. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I say it every week. And luckily I haven't played him in like the last six weeks. So my life has been all right those weeks. But, um, yeah, pretty much everyone on this entire offense here. And then the KC defense, it's still going to be a high-scoring game, but Watson's probably going to get sacked six times in this game. Like – Play the KC defense. Yeah, um, I don't hate that call just because, like, I feel like the Minnesota-San Francisco game, a lot of people are going to play defenses from that game. So I think, like, any way you can get away from playing defenses in that game to be different is perfectly fine with me. Um, let's get on to the last game here, Seattle at Green Bay. One of the Probably one of my favorite games of this um, four-game slate. And I like a lot of these games. I think all, these, all four of these games are going to be really fun to watch. Um, Seattle Seahawks, Green Bay Packers, 46 and a half total. Green Bay favored by four in this game. Um, let's start here with Seattle. Like, you you look at Seattle here and you look at all the injuries to running backs. Like, you just – you play Wilson, Metcalf, and Lockett in this game. And, and David Moore, um, if, if Turner sits. Honestly, I don't hate playing Homer. Like, 
Yeah, pass catching better. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. You play the passing game here. I mean, he's a guy that had five targets two weeks ago, eight targets the week before. Like, he's a guy that's going to be in this offense for mostly passing downs, full point PBR sites. He's fifty one hundred. I really like Homer here. Metcalf, I'm surprised to see more expensive than Lockett. I get that he's been getting tons of volume recently, but still, like Lockett's the better wide receiver, and he's the better deep threat. I know he just hasn't been great, but consistently seeing seven targets ever since he like came back from his illness. I know he played through it a lot, so he wasn't doing great in those games, but been getting volume. It the big game's going to happen. I think this is the most likely spot here. But yeah, it's the it's the passing game here. Hollister, not really a ton of interest in. Like he's fine, but really not a great play. There are too many other good tight ends on the slate, so I'm probably staying away from him. So yeah, it's the passing game outside of Hollister. Yeah, I like Marshawn Lynch a little bit here just because Carroll was talking him up, um, was it Monday or Tuesday, um, saying that, like, he's ready to, like, unleash Marshawn Lynch. So, Pete Carroll is not a guy that typically will kind of throw his curveball. So, if he says he's going to do something, he usually does it. Pete Carroll always lies to me. He always lies to you. You're a fan. Like, he doesn't yeah. lie to me. Well, I'm glad <laughs> to know you guys are friends. He's not friends with We're me. friends. Well, we, no. He's friends with me. He got my team this far. <laughs> but I don't mind Marshawn Lynch under 5K. Like, I probably play him more on, like, FanDuel and Yahoo where touchdowns are more – like, you, you know, you want the touchdowns more. So, Also, how excited are you to have two wildcard teams in the AFC Championship or NFC it's Championship? Solid. Seattle's getting a home game next week, guys. Oh, calling it now, right? Well, I called Minnesota's going to win. I'm calling Seattle's going to win. That means – Seattle gets a home game next week. Again, you're still a fan, though, so, like, you're, you're biased. I mean, Green Bay is just the most overrated team. If they're going up against, Seattle, up against San Fran, it would be a different scenario, but these are good matchups for both these NFC teams. Yeah, this is we'll going to be a good game. I am a fan, um, though, so I, I don't trust me entirely on Seattle. Minnesota's <laughs> going to win, though. The Green Bay side of things, like, you know, I think you have to like Devontae Adams uh, a lot in this spot, um, a lot in this spot. Outside of that, like, obviously Aaron Jones is, you know, a guy that could easily crush the slate. Um, sounds like Jamal Williams is going to play. Um, he practiced full Wednesday. The guy that's really kind of interesting here is Jimmy Graham. Like, he's 3,300, and in that game where they were – trailing against Detroit in that close week 17 game that Green Bay wanted to win like he had seven targets like I know we have a ton of tight ends but if we're looking at maybe potentially going two tight ends here or if you have a cheap flex or something and you're trying to just be different um <laughs> after the first two games like I think you could potentially look at Jimmy Graham in the spot yeah it's also revenge got that he played in Seattle because he Barely played and didn't do anything. Um, yeah, Adams, Jones, those are the two guys I'm looking at. Like, you can play Rodgers if you really want to. Seattle's defense is great. Rodgers isn't very good, though, anymore. I'd rather take a shot on any of the other 5K tech or 5K quarterbacks. But it's really just Adams and it's Jones for me. Like, Seattle's defense really isn't that good. It'll be an interesting game, but, yeah, I just don't have a huge amount of interest on the Green Bay side. But I like that Graham call. I just like guys like Fells or Rudolph a whole lot more. Yeah, it's just again, it, you know, and people giving like, and you you even said it like Aaron Rodgers is not great. Like he threw for four thousand yards and had twenty six touchdowns and four picks this year. Like he he's still really good. Like 
That's that's really not that great. The four picks is good. That's really good. Twenty six to four, that. like that ratio, four thousand yards. Like Aaron Jones had a career year though. Like he had nineteen touchdowns this year. Like Rodgers didn't have to do as much. So yeah, he's also just not very good anymore. Yeah. Roger, Rogers gets any type of second wide receiver that's any de- anywhere decent, like he'd be fine. But anyway, oh yeah, no, next next year I would not be surprised at all if he's competing for the MVP. Yeah, like, it, it's just like if Aaron Jones can run the ball this well, like you know he's not going to have to do as much. But yeah, anyway, um, and, and like Seattle's been terrible against tight ends all season too. So like, and they've been struggling a lot with running backs. Like they they ended up like twenty fifth or twenty sixth against. Um, DVOA Their defense just isn't very good. That pretty much sums up. Their team is so, Russell Wilson, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, Metcalf, man, I, I we talked about him a lot last week, and I hope people listen because he crushed. Yeah. You know, like my wife even played him. So I see what um, you did there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Always have to get one or two in. Um, uh, any final thoughts on this football slate before we get out of here? Um. Yeah. Uh, play, play some Kansas City guys. Make sure that your ownerships are different than your wife, slightly enough where it's not enough of suspicion. And get ready for Seattle and Minnesota to win this week. All right. Um. Like, the more I think about this football slate, the more I like it. There's just so many different ways to build lineups on a four-game slate. It's our last, like, you know, we'll get two-game slates. We'll get the showdown slate for the Super Bowl. But this is, like, the last, like, real football week for me that I play any type of volume. So, I'm kind of excited and ready for some football. Um, You know, excited for this basketball slate, too. I think that, you know, we'll have to kind of see what type of injury news we're looking at from Boston and um, if Houston has anything come out, but should be a good slate. Um, we'll be back tomorrow talking some more NBA. He's Jeannie from Stevie. Good luck in your contest and we'll see you then. Take it.